Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hello and welcome to Better Living, a show about the people and organizations that make an impact in our area. I'm your host, Nick Carissimi. Two groups on today's show that are working together to create a better Dallas. Dayron Miles with the Dallas Theater Center will join me in the second half of the show to discuss our city's Tony Award-winning theater company. We start off with Ben Liao. He is the CEO of Jubilee Park and Community Center. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for showing up. All right, so a friend of the show told me about Jubilee Park, but I also noticed before we set this up that I drive past you guys quite a bit. It looks like a gorgeous facility. I always see a ton of kids going crazy in there, running around, playing. It looks like they're playing soccer, I think. But you guys do so much more than just being a park. So what is Jubilee Park? So Jubilee Park is a community revitalization project located in southeast Dallas. We're a 62-block area, uh, kind of informally bordered by I-30, Fair Park, and Grand Avenue. Uh, it's a population of about 5,500 people in that neighborhood. Um Average household income is less than $15,000 per household in that neighborhood. Uh, We've been in existence now for about 20 years. Uh, And when we started about 20 years ago, it was a predominantly African-American neighborhood. Now the numbers have completely flipped, and we're about 79% Hispanic now. Uh, We're the only organization in North Texas uh, that makes or takes a holistic approach to community revitalization. So you're not going to find any other type of organization like Jubilee that focuses on public health, public safety, economic development, affordable housing, and education. And that education piece is the baseline of everything that we do at Jubilee. So if someone's not learning to improve their lives or lift themselves out of poverty, we don't move forward with that initiative. That's what I noticed on your website, which is jubileecenter.org, that you guys work on five pillars, as Mm -hmm. you were mentioning, education, affordable housing, public health, public safety, and economic development. Has the mission of this organization changed over the years? Because I I had no idea that you guys had been around for 20 years. We get that a lot. We're kind of like the hidden jewel. Well, we don't want to be the hidden jewel anymore. We are doing some uh, great work. We're actually being recognized as a national model for our work in community revitalization. Just recently, Dr. Carson uh, the HUD secretary came over as uh, to come down and check out best practices for revitalization, rehab work that we're doing. Uh, we have visitors from Louisiana. We had some visitors from Taiwan come over just recently. Uh, New Orleans, Houston, uh, Virginia, upstate New York. So people are really starting to take notice on the work that we're doing in our community. You guys are, see, obviously, you're doing very well kind of on a national stage. This, mm-hmm. you know, Dr. Ben Carson wasn't the only politician, let's say, that stopped by. I saw on your website that. Michelle Obama came over, or she was a part of it? How did that work? It was funny. Uh, Michelle Obama's office called my office about two years ago, maybe three years ago, actually, uh, when she was doing her Get Active program. So she was touring the country trying to get kids to get active, reached out uh, to my office or to Jubilee and said, hey, we heard about the great work that's going on uh, at Jubilee. Uh, We would love for Miss Obama to be able to have lunch with a community member so they can talk about their activity and engagement in the neighborhood. Uh, a family that lives right across the street popped to mind, the Fosters. 
they actually got to have uh, lunch with uh, the first lady. And I love this part. Uh, of all the places in Dallas they went to go eat at, they went to go eat at the Olive Garden, which, <laughs> which is amazing. Uh, so um, they got to actually tell uh, the first lady about growing up in Jubilee, their experience with Jubilee, and how they give back and stay active in their community. So it was awesome. With it being around for 20 years, this is is this a family organization, as in once a family shows up, they kind of stick around through the years and through the generations? It's been interesting. Uh, yeah, so we've uh, been coming up 20 years now. We were actually founded by St. Michael's and All Angels Episcopal Church, but we're not a religious organization. So the church was getting ready to celebrate its 20th anniversary, and in the Episcopal uh, Church, you call that your jubilee. That's why the neighborhood is called Jubilee Park. So instead of the church building another chapel or adding on to their existing campus, they wanted to give a gift back to the community. And 20 years ago, uh, Jubilee was a rough neighborhood that lost a lot of hope. Uh, so they invested time uh, and energy and people to revitalize the neighborhood. It was a gift to the city. When did the newer facilities start? Because what I saw and what I drive past on, what street was it again? It's on Grant. Car- it- uh, well, Carroll. our, our main Carroll. street's on Bank. Okay. Uh-huh. But the one I drive past is on Carroll. Carroll uh-huh. It looks brand new. Yeah. So is that a brand new facility? It's a brand new facility, but the original Jubilee Park that's on our campus. So we're a 10-acre campus made up of seven different buildings. The original Jubilee house was actually an old habitat house that was built by the parishioners of St. Michael. And what happened is the church built it because uh, we figured that, well, if Jubilee ever failed, we could at least turn the home over to somebody in the neighborhood. Well, fast forward 20 years later, and the campus has just exploded with activity. Uh, most recently, uh, the new buildings that you see on campus are uh, were made possible from a gift from T. Boone Pickens. He gave us a gift of a little north of $6 million to be able to expand services and provide more programs and opportunities to our community. That's a huge swath of land in that area. It I is. Mean, if you got, that's a big footprint for what's over there. Mm-hmm. Are you guys looking to expand more? Are you happy with what you have? We've got a 10-acre campus. We're here to serve the neighborhood. Our priority is the 62-block area that makes up Jubilee. Let's go back and look at these five pillars and kind of how you guys set this up. You said that you're largely education-based. Would you say Mm -hmm. that's your main focus? Education is the base of everything that we do. So there's an education component to every pillar that we offer. For example, our affordable housing initiative. We are one of the most successful affordable housing initiatives in the city of Dallas. We're the only affordable housing initiative that builds lead silver homes in North Texas. I wanted to ask about that. I saw that on your website. What mm-hmm. What is that? I'm not familiar with that. So lead silver is basically energy efficient homes. We are saving our residents our, and we're building homes for low income individuals. Uh, and by building a lead silver home, we are substantially reducing energy costs for our families. We're saving uh, residents between $1,000 and $1,600 a year on energy cost alone. Now, to some people, that may not sound like a lot of money, but to me, that's that's, that's, a, a, that's, that's a great savings. Absolutely. And especially on, on something like that, that money could be used in so many better ways. Exactly. So why not start with something like that? Was that was that to help families save money, or was it part of an initiative to just try and make things more... Uh, let's say green, I guess. Hey, on two sides, I think it's uh, it was meant to save our residents money, but then it was also just to be smart and you know thought thinking builder. You know, we want we want to preserve our earth as much as possible, and we also want to show to the residents that you can build an energy efficient home uh, for someone who's low income as well. The, oh no, go ahead. I was going to say, and also with the uh, affordable housing that we do, we're the only organization in North Texas that does pre and post home buyer education. So basically, we're going to work with our residents to get them credit ready, savings ready, Mm. uh, and the importance of how to maintain a home. 
after you uh, get done with those classes, you'll go visit with a lender of your of their choice. Uh, they'll qualify for a loan. We'll build them a home together. But the education doesn't stop there. So what happens is when the family gets into the home, the family has to continue to go to post-education. So watering your foundation. A lot of people don't realize that, hey, I've got to water my foundation in Texas because guess what? Ground settles. Uh, if it hails a lot in Dallas, so what do I have to do to file a claim? How do I file a claim? These are the skills and sets that we really work with our residents to make sure that they are comfortable uh, being in their home because a lot a lot of these homeowners are first-time home buyers. Of all the things that you guys do, I, I find this affordable housing to be the most interesting. It's such a unique thing to do, and it's so necessary, especially mm -hmm. for that area. Mm -hmm. So is it all about building new homes, or is it about improving homes that people have already? So it's two sides. Right now we're doing the affordable housing initiative. So uh, there's two things, and people always go crazy when I say this. I say this all the time. There's two things that drive the programs and services that we offer. So it's community input and the data. So we actually did commissioned a study with the University of Texas at Arlington with the neighborhood before we relaunched our affordable housing initiative. Uh, asked the residents, what do you want to see in your neighborhood? We want to see affordable, quality constructed homes, single family, three bedrooms, two bath, two car garage. So that's what we're building. Um, now, the product that we're building are brand new homes, and they're a $165,000 product to build. So $165,000 is not affordable for someone who's low income. Okay, but for a th you said a three-bedroom, two-bath, mm -hmm. two-garage? That's mm -hmm. pr that's amazing. I know, but wait, it gets better. Okay. <laughs> I sound like a salesperson now. <laughs> but wait, wait, there's, wait more. there's more. So what we've been able to do is because of our partnerships and relationships. Jubilee is built off partnerships and relationships. Our big partner on the affordable housing initiative is the city of Dallas. So basically, like I said, the cost of that home is one sixty-five. Jubilee puts in $25,000 to bring down that cost. The city of Dallas matches our $25,000 with another $25,000. Uh, Earth Day, Texas, Trammell Crow puts in $15,000 per house to make them lead silver. And then HUD comes back on, on the very tail end to kick in a max of $20,000. So what we've been able oh. to do is take this one sixty-five price tag and drop it down to about $75,000, $85,000, which is doable for someone in our neighborhood. Now, once you get... If you're in... A hard situation, mm -hmm. even a, a nearly you know reducing a home in half for its price, that can still be kind of tough. Mm -hmm. Are you helping to set these families up with with payment plans or, or options on how to do that? Because navigating that world, I mean, it's it's tricky for anybody. Oh yeah, definitely. So our families are uh, given the education they need to be able to maintain their home. That's why we do the pre and post home buyer education classes. Of the 48 homes that we've been able to construct or residents that we've been able to construct in the Jubilee Park area, we've never had a default. Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you said 48. Is that the number of homes that you 48 guys have residency. So we've built uh, 24 uh, senior apartments in our neighborhood and we're on par to deliver another 25 homes to the city of Dallas by the end of this summer. So how long have you been doing it then? Because, I mean, 48 homes is, I mean, that's significant. So the first mass build that we did in Jubilee was on Perry Street, which was all Habitat for Humanity homes. We relaunched the Affordable Housing Initiative probably back in 2011, 2012, uh, when I first came back on, when I first came on board with Jubilee. Mm -hmm. uh, we started with affordable housing for seniors and then went back into the housing single family homes. So do you do a bunch at once? You're making it sound like you just, instead of just building a home and then once it's finished onto the next, it sounds like you're working multiple projects at one time. Is that true? We try. We have four different phases right now for our affordable housing initiative. So we've, uh, the first phase we did was two homes. We kind of wanted to test the model, see how the neighbor responded and reacted. It was highly successful. So the next phase we did was uh, nine homes on Ann Avenue. Uh, and then we're building now on Congo another six homes, and those are really special homes because those are actually 
custom-built affordable homes mm. for individuals because Congo is a very unique street. I don't know if you've ever been down Congo. Yeah. Congo is the narrowest street in the city of Dallas. And at one time, you used to be able to stand and touch either side with your fingers of the road. Really? Uh, it wasn't paved until about four or five years ago, probably. Uh, and actually, it used to be called Carroll Avenue. Uh, so Carroll and then Carroll right Cove. right up the street from— yeah. I think I know which one, because I've driven past it and, mm-hmm. and thought, well, that looks really, it seems weird. It's mm-hmm. so, it's like a bicycle path almost yeah. down the street. It's a really narrow street, and it actually used to be called Carroll, but it was changed to Congo during the centennial celebration of Texas to let people know that you're entering a African-American, an African-American neighborhood. So there's a rich history on that street. The neighbor, the street is being rebuilt and redone. Uh, the families that live on Congo have lived there for generations. Hmm. So we're really proud to be able to. Uh, take the empty lots that were on Congo and put in some new families uh, to build off that tradition and history that's so special in the neighborhood. What transformation happens when you have these new homes being built in this area? Because it sounds like you're, you're doing whole streets, mm-hmm. you know, and so that's a great way to start building a neighborhood. If you have a nice, strong street with good neighbors and good mm-hmm. homes, it, it's going to have an effect. Yeah, it's like so, a domino effect absolutely. for sure. Absolutely. So what are, you, what are you seeing from that? Well, I think what we're seeing in the way that we combat gentrification in the Jubilee Park area is through empowerment. And we are building on vacant lots. We are not tearing down anybody's home. We are not going and kicking people out of their houses. It's land bank lots and land that we've been able to acquire on the court steps or working with uh, you know private owners of the property to build homes. Because the message that we want to send to the neighborhood is this neighborhood is on the rebound. That, that lot that used to be a problem lot full of junk or trash now has a beautiful home with a new family in it. How do you ride that line between gentrification and actually changing a neighborhood through gentrification versus revitalizing it? And bringing it back to maybe its former glory or maybe a glory that it's never actually seen. How do you define that or or maybe just balance that? That's a tricky question. I think the way that we, like I said, I think the way that we combat gentrification is through empowerment, through education. Uh, The important thing to remember is that Jubilee Park, the neighborhood before we were there, that used to be a nice middle class neighborhood. But what happened is the highway system came in Mm. uh, and cut off tons of resources into the city. And that highway just acted as a huge wall into the city. Then there's the old Ford plant. A lot of people don't remember that there used to be an old Ford plant on Grand and Barry, right off 30. Uh, and it closed in 19, I want to say 1970. It closed in 1970. So what happened is a lot of the jobs left the area. So what happens is you've now cut off resources into the city. A huge source of employment has now left the neighborhood. So what happens to the neighborhood? It just starts falling into decay and a lot of people losing hope. We want to get it back uh, to those those days when it was a, a proud, happy neighborhood. And now that you drive around Jubilee, you see plants in people's front yards. You see kids riding their bikes up and down the street. You see neighbors talking over their fence line as they're watering their grass. It's a real neighborhood, and it's a special place. Uh, I always get uh, told when people come over to visit the campus or visit the neighborhood, they're like, it's interesting. When you drive over here, you just feel this sense of hope. You feel this sense of passion this sense of love going on in the neighborhood it's its own little vibe over there Mm -hmm. when you cross over because a lot of times what i'll do is i'll drive through there to get to 30 Mm -hmm. and i it's it's kind of tucked away you wouldn't really know it was there unless you were driving through yeah um but it it does seem to have its own little personality it does seem to, to have something so with this revitalization that's going on are you starting to see outside interest as well 
We are. For people that are wanting to, to start, you know, developers just wanting to build homes there or people wanting to move in restaurants or anything like that. We've been seeing a lot of uh, outside development coming in. So it's important to remember that Jubilee is not a developer. We're just here to provide options of affordable housing for low-income individuals. Uh, obviously, you know, the way to stabilize a neighborhood and to improve a neighborhood is by having, you know, mixed income. Uh, so we can't be the do-all and go-all for everybody. I mean, we are just a catalyst for community renewal. Does Jubilee serve Does Jubilee serve as a, a kind of hub for everybody in that neighborhood? Is it kind of the epicenter of everything that's kind of going on? We hope so. I mean, we try to be as much of a resource or a connector to other resources across the city as possible. Um, Jubilee was strategically placed in the center of that neighborhood for it could be a hub for different uh, opportunities and resources that we offer from the center itself. Ben Liao is the CEO of Jubilee Park, their website, jubileecenter.org. I was looking at the website, and one of the things that really threw me were the numbers. You guys mm-hmm. have a massive amount of foot tra- uh, foot traffic yeah. coming into that park. So what kind of numbers are, are we looking at, and who is visiting Jubilee Park? Well, it's funny. Uh, Jubilee Park, the center of our, na- of, of our campus, is a three-acre park. And we just wrapped up a $1.5 million capital campaign uh, for the redevelopment of the area. It has five basketball courts, which were donated from the Mavs and the Reese Jones Foundation. There's a walking path, four times around a mile, uh, that was donated from the Women of St. Michael. Uh, the Smart Playground, which is a beautiful playground with a big dome and everybody can play on it, all different ages, was a gift from Encore and from the Pardo family. Uh, we have the United Arab Emirates who stepped up to the plate and donated half a million dollar turf soccer field. So we're getting people from across the city really using the park, but it's important that for us to make sure that our residents are getting access into that park first. Uh, we average about 11,000 people a month utilizing the park area. And that's kind of, you know, everyone's like, 11,000? Are you it's sure you don't cra- mean 1,100? It's, it's 11,000 people using that park. Uh, we are data-driven. There's actually a people counter right above that main gate when you walk into the park. So we are tracking all types of uses at Jubilee. Uh, we're a United Way agency as well. And uh, it's, we've been quoted by United Way as being an organization like none other that is committed to data and outcomes. We actually have a data person on staff, a quality assurance manager, and her sole job is to analyze, track, and see who's using what services. You've mentioned a couple times about you guys tracking data, and I was going to ask about what your employment situation is over there because it's a huge facility. Mm-hmm. It looks br- – it's clean. But if you also have basically statisticians on, on board – uh, what is your staff like? How big are you guys? So it's funny. We're a 10-acre campus. We serve a lot of people every year, but we're only a staff of 13 full-time staff members, wow. believe it or not. But again, we depend heavily on our volunteers. We have over 910 volunteers a year come through our doors to make our work doable. And when you do the math, 910 volunteers equates to over 32,000 volunteer hours. We've been able to now double the size of our staff at Jubilee. So do you have a lot of people volunteering that are that are coming in as maybe a part of a group? Is it a lot of people from the neighborhood that donate their time to Jubilee? How does how does your demographic of volunteers break down? It's a lot. The beautiful thing about volunteers at Jubilee is they vary from all across the city. Uh, we get tons of volunteers from the neighborhood itself. We also get a lot of volunteers from St. Michael. Um, and then we also get a lot of service hours that students from high school need to volunteer as well into mm. their community. Okay. Uh, oh, just kind of odd. You say, you said that you guys have a safe playground. Is that what you called it? What did you call it's it? It's a smart playground. Smart playground. Yeah, smart playground. I'm sure it's safe, but you said it was smart. <laughs> uh, what? Explain what the smart playground is. So it's funny. Is. You know, everybody seems to be attached to their phone 
all the time. Yes. And we're slowly trying to get kids off their phone. <laughs> so basically, if there is a, a kid that's coming out to the playground to, on the smart playground to have some fun and say it's me, I have my phone on me, there's a barcode on our equipment. So I can take a snapshot of the barcode and it'll say, hey, Ben, here's a game that you and Nick can play on the playground. So it gives you ideas of different activities, different games. And then there's, you know, swans and hens and uh, geese all over the equipment as well. And it tells you, oh, by the way, Nick, here is a hen. Here's what a hen sounds like. Here's, you know, the lifespan of a hen. It's engaging the kid, but also wow. keeping them active on the playground, too. So it's an interactive playground. Interactive playground. Okay. Also on your website, I read that you guys work with people from birth through 12th grade mm -hmm. uh, in educational capacities. Now, oh, actually, we're... You know, prenatal all the way up through senior programs is what we offer okay. education-wise. How does this kind of break down? Do you have different divisions that work with youth, maybe teenagers, and maybe the elderly? Because we haven't even talked uh, talked about what you guys do with seniors because it's, it's extensive. So do you have different divisions, or is it just when people come in, they just kind of find their way to the programs or services that they need? So basically, we do an intake on all programs, and uh, all we do an intake on all individuals coming into, this, into the program or into the center. Uh, so if they're interested in doing senior activities, senior programming, we get them assessed to find out, you know, what they're interested in learning. Uh, we get some, you know, demographic information on them as well, and then we plug them into the different classes that we offer at Jubilee. Uh, our senior programs are led by Samantha Campbell. She's our community outreach manager. She does an outstanding job of engaging and involving our seniors uh, back and getting them active into the neighborhood. The seniors are the lifeblood of our community. They've been in that neighborhood for years. Uh, so we actually have a senior housing apartment complex on our campus as well. So 24 uh, affordable uh, senior housing. Uh, and the thing I love about that complex is that the whole design piece came from the neighborhood and from uh, breakout sessions we did with seniors in the neighborhood as well. So the design piece, the way they were laid out, uh, we basically received a $2.1 million non-recourse loan from the city of Dallas to be able to construct the affordable housing for our mm -hmm. seniors. Uh, it would have been a lot easier for us to build one big building, you know, eight stories tall, but residents said they wanted to see single-family-looking type of homes, little front yards and driveways. So that's what we did. The end result is a little over 700 square feet in apartments, uh, 55 and older, and the rent is $400 a month. Is None that of, is that mostly mostly taken up by singles or are there couples? There's a couple of couple uh, married uh, individuals in there, but a lot of our seniors are widowed. So this isn't your standard apart or yeah apartment complex, really. I mean, you're talking about having their own yard. It's almost like their own little their house. Their own little house. It's like a little duplex. That's awesome. So it's awesome. Is that is that relatively new? Uh, that was built in 2011, 2012. Is Jubilee a young or old area? Because I can see it kind of going either way. It's interesting. In Jubilee Park, you're either a uh, senior who's most likely African-American because you've lived in that neighborhood your whole life, or you're a new, young, Hispanic family moving into the area. How do the demographics get along then? Because you said that there was a big turnover as far as the culture that, mm -hmm. that predominantly lived there. Um, but like you said, it's it's a really calm sweet area to live. So are you mm -hmm. seeing a lot of these cultures getting together instead of clashing? So our community outreach manager, Samantha Campbell, does a lot of engagement with the neighborhood. She's actually developed a community outreach committee who's tasked with just getting neighborhood involved in leading initiatives, uh, creating leadership opportunities as well. Uh, we try to be as diverse as possible uh, in our programming that we deliver, and we're here to serve everybody. We're not looking at color or skin or anything. We're just here to serve people. Looking to serve the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. 
I've also noticed that this neighborhood is in a food desert. Yes. And so this is one of the things that you guys are definitely trying to counteract. Explain just for people that may not know, what is a food desert? So there's a food desert and a food swamp, and Jubilee is both of those. I've a never heard, food... actually, I've never heard food swamp. I'm familiar <laughs> with food desert, but that one's actually new to me. Well, a food desert, as you know, is a uh, neighborhood that doesn't have a grocery store within you know a mile radius or walkability to get to. Uh, a food swamp means that there's plenty of corner stores that sell uh, beer, chips, processed food, unhealthy options, uh, you know, an increased price for our residents. So we have two of those. We have the food swamp and the food desert in our neighborhood. And actually, the closest grocery store to Jubilee Park would be the Whole Foods by Lakewood Country Club. Uh, and when your average really? household income is $14,825, you're not shopping at How Whole Foods. How far away? That's not, that is not, for people that don't know the demographic of that area or the geography of that area, that is not close. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like 10 miles away, with think? Maybe? No, not that bad. It's probably about, I want to say, three miles away. Oh, then yeah. I'm way off. Um, <laughs> it feels like We know like the back it. roads. It feels, <laughs> okay, right, yeah. I got to get to, I got to get my ways working better. Um, but what are you guys doing to try and counteract that? Because that right there could completely change the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So we try to offer as many nutrition education programs as possible. And we try to provide as much food into the community as possible as well. For example, on our after school program, we're one of the largest after school programs in North Texas. We have over 265 kids in our program. Uh, when the kids come in for after school, they're given a dinner or a supper. And we try to encourage them to eat as much as they want, as much as they like, because for a lot of our kids, that's going to be the last meal to eat before they go to sleep. 99% of our kids are free to reduce lunch in the Jubilee Park area. Uh, we also do a program called Backpack Buddies with the North Texas Food Bank, where we send home the kids with uh, about 15 pounds of food every Friday. Uh, during the summertime, we work with Brighter Bites. All of these partners are amazing to Jubilee. So we work with Brighter Bites. On every Tuesday over the summertime, we're able to send home the kids with 30 pounds of fresh fruits and vegetables. On Fridays, uh, we work with... Uh, uh, equal hearts, and we're able to send our seniors home with food. So getting this food education, the food into the neighborhood is very important for us, and that's when the partners step in. So after-school program, 200-plus uh, meals a day served out of the kitchen. Summer program, over 400 meals a day uh, served out of the kitchen. Uh, in the uh, Wednesday, On Wednesdays and Fridays for our seniors, over 200 meals served into the neighborhood for our seniors as well. When are you guys busiest? Is it during the summer or is it during the school year? I think we're busy all the time. Everybody always thinks, oh, summer's going to be so great. We're going to be able to relax a little bit. No. (laughs) (laughs) We have one of the largest summer programs in North Texas. We're actually wrapping up uh, our summer camp this week. Um, And it's a great opportunity. It's actually a nationally recognized summer camp. What are some of the things that the kids do when they're there? So this summer, our theme is steaming through the summer. So we're talking about science, technology, engineering, arts, and math, and we're exposing the kids to as much as possible. So basically, each week has a different theme as well. So um, this past week, we were able to take all the kids to Hawaiian Falls, cool. and they were they uh, were going through the tropics this week. So they were able to talk about Hawaii. They were able to talk about coral reefs. They talked about it all. Um, and the, the themes that we set up correlate with the field trip they're going on that week. And the field trips are important for us because for a lot of our kids, they don't ever get to get out of the neighborhood. Uh, so being able to get them on a school bus and load them across town to see other parts of our city is a big benefit for them and big benefit for us. How long have you been with Jubilee? Uh, I've been there going on seven years now. What transformation with these kids have you seen since you've been there? Because you're going to, if you've been there for seven years and you're as involved as you are mm-hmm. and you're such a part of this neighborhood, you're going to see kids that were, you know, you've, you've seen these seven-year-olds probably running around yeah. that have been at Jubilee their entire lives. Mm-hmm. 
what is it like now for kids in that neighborhood? Have you seen a change? I've seen a change. Uh, in the neighborhood, I've seen a change in the kids that we get to work with every day and the families that we get to work with every day. Um, it's funny because I came on to Jubilee initially as the program director. So I understood the programs, the services they were offering, and then I rolled into the CEO position. And I think that was so helpful for me to mm -hmm. be in that program spot because I understood the wants and needs of uh, the community that we were serving. Um, it's been an amazing experience. Uh, when I came on almost seven years ago, seven years ago, I guess now, um, I thought, oh, it's going to be great. I'm going to be able to come into this neighborhood and be able to work with residents and teach them so much. But it's been actually quite the opposite. I've learned so much from the residents that I come in contact with every day. You know, at Jubilee, we always say we're improving lives and strengthening community. And I can genuinely tell you that Jubilee has improved my life for the better. I mean, it's been it's funny how things happen. And Jubilee came into my life at the right time. And it's been a special place for me and a special place for so many that we've been able to help over the years. If people want to volunteer or even take part in your services, just be a part, a part of Jubilee. How do they do that? Well, we'd love to get more volunteers. We need always volunteers in our after-school program, summer camp, field trips, you name it, we we could use them. And the great thing about volunteering at Jubilee is that you can do basically anything. You can go from hanging out at our 0 to 3 facility rocking babies, or you can get active on our uh, you know audit committee, helping out with the books, as, as detailed as you want to be at Jubilee. The person that you want to talk to is Evelyn Amaya. She's our volunteer coordinator. And you can go to our website, jubileecenter.org, and click on volunteer and send her an email. Ben Liao is the CEO of Jubilee Park and Community Center. One last time, their website, jubileecenter.org. I feel like the longer we talk, the more I'm learning about this. <laughs> so I definitely need to have you back in the studio to I'd give me a, an update on all the progress that's happening at Jubilee. It's an amazing place, and I really want to thank you for stopping by. Thanks for having us. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network.